Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, listeners. This is Pat the Talking Bearskin Rogue from Flame On, right here on the Nerdy Show Network. If you're looking for some sweet, nerdy queer in your ear, then head over to nerdyshow.com slash flame on and check us out. We cover everything from TV to movies, comics to drag queens, and so much more. For a gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, get ready to flame on. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to the second episode of RPG from Scratch. Congratulations. This one's really cool because we're getting into some stuff that we wanted to do last time. And we're going to reference some of the stuff we did last time as well. So we got our party that we're going to be doing the live play campaign with. Everybody present was present at the last play test we did that if you are a Patreon subscriber and you give at least one buck, you get the uh, cutting room floor. You get access to all that stuff. It's a hell of a good time. We just don't want to release it on our normal schedule because it might confuse new listeners. I'm your host, Josh LaForge, and with me are two out of the other three homebrew hombres. I got Liam Malone. Holla, everybody. Max Wessel. Oh, why, hello. And accompanying us are Keith Roberts. Sup, y'all. And Poole. Yo. And if you recognize his voice, it's because he's on the Ghostbusters podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little collaborative world building so that we have a real sense of what the world we're playing in is and who our characters are going to be and how they know each other and how it fits into the campaign we're going to play. Uh, This is what we normally do. I highly recommend it. It has always worked out in the past. Keith is the only one here who did his homework and listened to the last episode. (laughs) But I also have the worst memory out of anybody, so... To be fair, two of us were on it. I was there. Yes, you were. It's just me. I messed up. Mm -hmm. But what you guys don't know is all the bullshit that you guys said that I cut out. Let's get a bit of background. So, Poole, we know you play Ghostbusters. Yes. Can you tell us about your other RPG gaming experiences? As you mentioned earlier, I was part of the original playtest that's available on Patreon. Super funny. If you, it's worth a dollar, I would say, at least to, to hear how funny we think we are. But I've also played, I'd say, three D&D campaigns now, mostly 4th edition, but I've gotten to play a couple different classes in almost all fantasy genres of media, whether it's video gaming or tabletopping. I tend to like uh, ranged characters, but I've also been forced out of my element a couple times and uh, gotten to play uh, Warlords and some other melee uh, classes. So I was a big fan of the amped system as far as momentum is considered i think that that's an incredibly cool way of playing so i'm super excited this is gonna be great awesome yeah. um i'm and, sorry you're here with us then <laughs> <laughs> and keith uh, what about you what what other games have you played i'm definitely the uh least experienced player here i've mostly done the same campaigns that pool has done that's the bulk of my experience including the previous play test of this beyond that like one Call of Cthulhu campaign, a couple drunken one-offs that had absolutely no structure whatsoever. Throw a couple D6, and if the DM thinks it's a good number, then you're a good. 
<laughs> so uh, he's described Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's most of role playing. But let's—I mean—let's be fair to that. That's still fun. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. no, like, like that it is, was great. That is a blast. That's the entirety of my Harry Potter campaign. Is just <laughs> yeah, yeah, that no, works. No, I definitely have rules. Yeah. <laughs> So now what we're going to do is talk about, so there's a play test that happened off air over the course of several months. We had three sessions for someone's uh, birthday and belated birthday and belated birthday again. (laughs) But for the one we did on air, which I think is the most coherent, everybody here was present. Can you tell us about the character that you did play last time? What you liked about him and maybe something that didn't come across? What was his name? He was a bug. He was dope. Anybody got me here? Yeah, it's Kipt. Kipt? It's K-H-P-T. Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. He was a ladybug, healer class dude. Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. I noticed going over the sheets, one of his best traits has been nerfed a little bit, which was uh, the whole bugs having two full sets of arms. Right. Now, I, I definitely uh, took huge advantage of that, and I'm pretty sure that that's why that's been uh, altered. I had a lot of fun with it. The kind of flat-voiced character, that was pretty interesting. I liked it. What about you, Paul? Uh, I also do not remember my character's name, but he was... Uh, it was Perch. Perch was a uh, Savathian decay mage. And I think the coolest thing about that was my specific play style when it comes to uh, any type of caster ranges. I prefer like damage over time spells and curses and stuff like that. So I got to really play with maybe not necessarily nailing like hard hits, but doing a large amount of damage across multiple rounds, across multiple different targets. I also had fun with the race in that we got to kind of play off the lost memories of the race and my character didn't want to remember anything and mm-hmm. <laughs> the, despite max's character despite max's you. character yeah just uh torturing me with facts of things i didn't want to hear uh so that was super fun i want to say in the other campaign that we did off the air i was a uh, eshwin but i don't remember no i wasn't the i was no, an eshwin it, i played the same character your wife was an no eshwin. i was an orc that didn't like fighting i was a warrior that's right <laughs> that's right i was an orc tank that hated fight i was a pacifist it was that great. That sounds awesome. It, yeah. was, it was really it good. It was fun. It was really... And, and I literally was just... Like, Keith and I had a weird relationship, and then my wife was playing just this crazy... On or off air, that weird relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... Uh, well, we're we're going to work on that weird relationship. <laughs> my wife played an Eshwin Frost Mage that was literally just a crazy old bat. Like, she was an old bat that just was obsessed with really strange things, and our other friend, whose birthday it was, was... Uh, he was an Eshwin. He was an Eshwin. She was like his mom or something. Yeah, but wasn't actually. He just somehow felt responsible for her. Oh, because she was crazy and thought he was her son. Correct. Yeah, so he okay. just kind of... <laughs> yeah. and, and hilarity <laughs> ensued, and it was... Uh, it was great. It was so. a very good time. Well, what about Liam? I played what used to be orcs, and I was uh, I went double citadel, right? Yeah, yeah, you were double citadel. So I went tank, and he was like maybe the most standard character that we had in that first play test. I think one of your biggest complaints afterwards, if I remember correctly, was that you felt like out of everybody else, you spent the most time just waiting around. Well, no, it's even when I had interactions, I never hit them. Right. <laughs> like right. with 15s and 17s, like just whiffing hard. What about you, Max? I played a Gelt battle lawyer who was an ice mage, and I quite enjoyed creating the world as you go. I like, I think D&D needs more bureaucracy. 
So here we are. You're the only person on earth who thinks that. <laughs> you know what? I bet you there's I would three have other sa- people. I would have said, <laughs> I would have agreed with you, Liam, except that I saw how funny it was for Max to bring it to the table. I, I live for it. Yeah, no, it, 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 I would have argued with you, Max, except for when you did it. I was like, oh, he's right. This is great. <laughs> MVP of this. MVP of the playtest, yeah. definitely. Yeah, he had the obnoxious layering thing and was also murder crazy. Was... <laughs> oh man, ice magic is just so much fun. We've made a couple changes to the world since we last played. And one of the main changes is that this is Earth circa a million years in the future. Okay. So everybody who was technologically advanced and genetically advanced and all that, they've, they're gone. And the remaining races are the ones who have interacted with whatever they use to advance themselves. They became sentient races by accident. So it's like the meek have inherited the earth because the bold inherited the cosmos. Everybody here is left behind and trying to just live their lives and they're not aware of any of this. I think we're going to do some more world building in the next design session as far as like big stuff. Like uh, I, I think we need another moon, right? We'd Why have, not? We'd have a second moon by now. In a million sure. years, yeah. right? Yeah, of course. There's at least another one. There's nothing stopping us. Right. So, yeah. So, there's probably going to be another moon. Maybe it looks weird. Retrograde moon? What if they took the moon? (laughs) They they took it with them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Lost a moon. No moon. (laughs) So, now we have no moon. No, we have one moon. Not the same moon, though. (laughs) It's a brand new moon. We've got to have a moon so the tides tides and our uh, rotation rotation is stable. But, I mean, we could say fuck that and it's not stable. What kind of campaign do we want to play? I know we talked about it a little bit off air that one of the possible reasons that your characters would interact with each other is that they were all interested in joining some kind of archaeological expedition. That sounds fun. Like you just managed to get grant money for an area you wanted to dig in that you wouldn't have had access to otherwise. Are we going to Indiana Jones this? Well, you could. That's one idea. Let's work up a couple other ideas about right. um, what, are, what are reasons why very talented people would know each other. A party. Wait, a, you're, li- you're, a literal party. You, oh, so you're at, par- actual, you're, you're at a party. You're at a literal party. It's like, I'm a rich person. I've collected these eccentric <laughs> characters. That and is, they're like, we should go do a thing together. That is so close to how our Call of Cthulhu season two starts. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. I'm, it's not bad. It's just, it's funny. So a party's cool. Like it's a party celebrating some kind of event and you invite all these eccentric people and then something bad happens and they have to work together. That's cool. I like that. There's also, there's a war and you all get captured and are behind enemy lines and prison break. And then you break out together and you have to, now you're together, but there's no long-term thing to motivate you. Except for brotherly love, man. Those are three pretty solid ones of ways that you guys would, would learn to know each other. But I like so. the archaeology because I like to think of like a university system. Yeah. And you, you well, world. the nice thing about the archaeology one is that you, there's a chance all of you know each other very well and have done this kind of thing before. Even right. at least by reputation. And also from a secondary perspective, then we get to do a whole lot of like digging into the history of the, the actual game. Yeah, world. We just and we just get to do building. that. Yeah, that's right. Fun. It was kind of nice to have not necessarily laid out entirely, but I like the concept of minimal pre-existing relationships between the characters because it allows you even to create a well i'm close to this person or i don't necessarily get along with that person and then you can play off of that rather than us introducing each other you meet at a tavern exactly exactly the innkeeper is like you ever heard about that dragon across the tavern multiple heads perk up (laughs) dragon (laughs) we love fighting dragons i'm out of here there's a dragon near this town goodbye (laughs) (laughs) this is a liability (laughs) or just Mm. 
I bet I bet land's really cheap right now. <laughs> <laughs> but still, even within the archaeology, there could be multiple motivations for it. So somebody could have a family member that was super into it, and they were raised in another person could be all about the glory that they could get from another person could all be Raiders. financially based about, you know, so like mm-hmm. you can have different motivations for the same with the same goal. Intellectual rivalry. It yeah. belongs in a museum. So are we team archaeology? Want to play with that? I'm, I'm team archaeology. Unless something better comes up while we're talking about this. Yeah, that's fine. I'm currently leaning towards team archaeology. Okay. Looking at the rules, is, is there something that sticks out to you, some kind of role you'd like to fill? What about like a, is it the Eshwin or the Bat People? Yeah. Who just thinks archaeology is hilarious because they're so old? Hmm. Yeah, the, the Eshwin are like currently going through like a the Renaissance. Okay. Good enough reason to be yeah. interested in... You know, archaeology. archaeology, so. Mostly from an artistic perspective, just uh, <clears throat> trying to find influence from the past and, like, integrate that into... Or magic or math. There's probably like a, a big deal with Egypt in the Renaissance, probably. Yeah. yeah. Then you could have a local guide or... I mean, and then that brings the Harad in as the... Well, it could be anything. Right. Like, of what you guys are going to research. Like, it could be something unrelated to the current races, you know, like the ancient. Because if it's a million years in the future, how many cultures have come and gone in this time? You know, it could be a Tiktani that they don't know about. Because one of the things I, I wanted to introduce to the Tiktani is that the chorus, it doesn't emerge until they're numbered in the millions. So maybe there's independent choruses that don't know about each other. And there are expeditions trying to link, you know, several ones. And that is one of the things really upsetting gelts. How can we integrate? Because I think the classes we can find individual motivations for, and, and that's fine. And we can base that off of our characters and stuff like that. But what about the classes? Like, why would I be an archer or a mage and then end up in this situation, but also already be proficient in... Mage actually seems to be the one that would be easiest. That's actually, place. that's true. As soon as I said it, I was like... This is another change that we introduced is that your character has a profession. You have a job and it's not your class okay, or your path or whatever. You have a profession and you don't have a big list of skills. If the skill check that you're trying to beat is related to it, you get a plus five. Oh, okay, cool. I like that. So you have to argue your case of like right. why you should get the bonus. Okay. Know? Like, let's say Briggs is wanting to... Briggs uh, from Ghostbusters. From right. Ghostbusters in one of our previous campaigns insisted that he was a pumpkin farmer. And if that ever, for some reason, had relevance, he could have had an yeah, extra Yeah, absolutely. Role. Okay. If, if it were like... Um, if it was like a weather thing, he'd be like, as a farmer, right. so come across I know I pull, I pull out my family almanac and consult or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Based off the entropy in the room. You can tell this crime happened in the past. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a future crime. Time crime. That'll be one of our games, by the way. I was going to say, that's a whole different... Love it. I love it. Time cop. But that's a separate... I almost want to think about team composition first. Mm -hmm. Like, if you guys want to have a path, race, combo you want to play, or just paths, and then we can talk about races and why you'd be there, then your profession within the expedition is its own thing. Okay. When I was uh, looking at this, it's a bit on the nose and also out of character for me in general. I was thinking a gelt, weasel person, full scoundrel path, salesman. Do it. Traveling salesman, deals in antiquities. He just kind of cons his way into this archaeological dig just to steal shit from the actual good people. You could could even be one of the people funding it. You could be a quartermaster, and they would need someone to manage their goods. Yeah, or, or, or the guy working on behalf of the company that's paying for it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. I got you, Sal. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pocketing a couple things here and there. Yeah, it's going to a museum, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's a yeah. cool idea, though. I like that. We found 20 of these. I'll take all 18 back to the boss. He'll be really pleased with these 15 antiquities. <laughs> <laughs> who, who's gonna? Who's working on those? Top men. <laughs> Sorry, boss. No antiquities. We, we were there for, <laughs> for hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that. That's cool. Scoundrel. So high damage, that kind of thing. Full disclosure, one of the path combos I'm thinking might do too much damage right now is Scoundrel Core Champion because because of when they have the upper hand, they deal sneak attack damage. We have armor as a mechanic now, which is damage reduction. I want one of the properties to make daggers worth having is that when they crit, they bypass damage reduction. Oh, nice. Mm. They also crit on a 1 or a 20, and if you are a champion, you're dual wielding them, and you can do twin attack. So you roll two d20s if either of them lands are a one or a 20 you bypass damage resistance and one of your attacks will do sneak attack so you're much more likely to deal your sneak attack damage if you're rolling twice every round that's true i want to put that b in your bonnet just because if it is broken i want to know okay <laughs> but we can we can i can screw around with that later if it's not your if it's not your jam uh no i'm totally okay with doubling up on the daggers that sounds almost twice as fun as just using one dagger <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, also, uh, remember, the um, you can go one-step scoundrel, one-step champion with your right. core scoundrel and still get whatever. Dipping into champion isn't that big of a deal. Does anybody want to play a tank character? Here's, here's something I was thinking of implementing for tanks. Since we're doing hex grid and now it's harder to move past them, I was thinking of moving one of the at-will abilities from step two into the core and making each class have a have a better exception to match something equivalent to sneak attack. So Decay mm. has Malediction, which is really good. Archery doesn't have anything close to that. So I want to make every class to have something utility-wise that is as good as sneak attack, but maybe not doesn't do as much damage, but also have a at-will attack that is kind of the fundamental difference between you and everybody else. So Command would have the attack that you grant. You have to be core Command to do that at will, whereas right. dailies and perceen abilities that grant attacks, you still get the bonuses and stuff, but you can't do it every round like, right. like somebody who's core. So like Hunter's Mark being like the special thing that, I mean, I'm just throwing right, something right. out, but like that's like you would be defined as that as your core because you have that ability. And just throwing out ideas, if you were like, oh, I'm archery core to get Hunter's Mark, we're going to say it because World of Warcraft terms, we don't know what the archery one will be, but right. that's what it is in World of Warcraft. So you get Hunter's Mark and you're like, I only took archery core to get Hunter's Mark and I'm going full ice right to you know i'm gonna use that instead <laughs> fuck yeah that's that's that sounds of, awesome yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's really good. So, so that's why that's why i said champion wants sneak attack or or um mm. what i was thinking for citadel is that they get the at will ability with their core i'm so happy just to have this shit in front of me right now like already i'm just like yes i'm like fiending on it what i was thinking for citadel their exception could be there's no limit on how many attacks of opportunity they can have per round so they're just a wall Yes. Always. Well, but they'll have an at will. And tell me if you guys like this. They get to attack, but whether or not it hits, they now occupy an adjacent square. They don't occupy it in the sense that they can attack from that square, but nobody can move through it without moving them. Oh, mm. okay. Basically, they can like block a corridor or, or do something like that. That's pretty cool. So like if I need to protect my healer, I can step attack and now my protection goes one square further to the right. Right. It doesn't block ranged attacks or anything like that. Right. But you as far as move. if they try and move through it, I'm yeah. going to get to wail on them. Mm -hmm. Right. And then normally with any type of tank class, there's the penalties you take if you're adjacent but not attacking me or whatever. The... I, th I think I want to remove those. Okay. And so the idea of like Mark, like it was in 4th edition, and, and like the aggro thing, I think I just want to make it so it's really hard to move past a tank. All he's doing is waiting. 
Yeah, and that makes you. the tank more... They have to be more of an active participant. You could imagine scenarios Heck where they're active, though. Because at the same time, like, it's hard for in real combat, like, let's say, as a game master, mm-hmm. like, you're going to say the penalties being considered are kind of a meta level of playing. Mm-hmm. Like, you would not attack this person because you know you're going to take a penalty, so you naturally... And we write that off as aggro. Right. But, like, in this case, you're going to go for the healer because, like, why wouldn't you go for the healer? So there needs to be skills in place to make it. But the tank has to be able to intervene. I do still want to make it so that if you are putting out an effect, like, I'm threatening this area now, this is extended, it needs to be the rule that it is still obvious to everybody present. If you're doing it, it's not sneaky to the enemy. Like, they, something about the way you're, you're standing or what you're doing, like, signifies, uh, it's probably a bad idea to do that. Got so it. So it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be anything you can do to an enemy that they're not aware of even if they don't know what it does the idea that it's it's happening it's not a secret unless it explicitly says so. right 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 okay that makes sense does anybody want to be a tank or a healer or that that kind of thing i really wanted to go ranged this time do it i was gonna go ranged but i'll take you uh, take one i'll take the other well you can do both that's the thing. <laughs> like you can you can I still know. be a, a tank or a healer or i've ranged. never been anything like that i'm usually a bard or a magic user so okay. like stepping out would be i'll try tanking you want to try tanking? I'll try tanking. Are you good with healing? Yeah, that's fine. Right. As like a secondary or a primary, but it doesn't matter really. Um, I'll, I'll look at the combos to see what, because I, I feel like what happens... by the time we play. Right. I just feel that what happens sometimes if in campaigns in the past, I've tried to pick up different traits or feats or whatever to supplement healing. Maybe this system does a better job of it, but I feel like I would run out of heals too quickly and then feel useless if I hadn't committed to being a mm-hmm. healer. So if I'm going to be a healer, I might go double, was it retribution? There's zealotry and, zealotry. and reverence. Re- okay. What I was thinking for zealotry, they, zealotry and rever- reverence are almost identical, just the numbers are higher on reverence because they're almost pacifists. I would think we're going to change that to where reverence is ranged healing and zealotry is healing is a byproduct of the attacks you do. You can't make focused decision about who gets healed or anything like that. It's mm. just a byproduct of the kind of melee attacks you're doing. Got it. Okay. In that case, I'll at least go core reverence. Which makes my, like, immediately ties into, well, why would, as a someone who's a, into reverence, be interested in digging up archaeological things? Like, holy relics, my yeah. dude. Oh, yeah, exactly. If you want to tank, but don't want to go straight tank, if you want to heal, but you don't want to straight heal, that's cool. But I'd love to hear if there's a, a role you wanted to try. You said you wanted to tank, Max. Yeah, I've never stepped into that. What do you think would be a, a cool thing if it comboed? well with tanking i think zealotry actually might be really cool yeah zealotry i was looking at cool. zealotry i i like the idea of setting up for other people with healing or anything like that mm-hmm. so i think zealotry would work because you're in combat anyway okay you're not doing long range healing if you're so like be up front yeah and then when you hit you heal that kind of thing yeah kind of positioning others okay would it be, because there's specific elemental flavors on things, would it be breaking rules if I went in like a sec, what? Yeah. We're making up the rules as okay. we go, so tell me what you think sounds cool and we'll see if it works. If I was going reverence and then I had the holy smiting of like fire, but having it be like a holy fire that Absolutely. I was like pulling down on things. That sounds fucking dope. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. So if, if, if I was going in a different direction, like, I mean, just looking at flaming pillar, like this beaming white hot, like, yeah, yeah like that, that sounds really cool. What about you, Liam? I want to dual fire real bad. That's what I wanted to do. Double up. Pure fire. 
All right, cool. I want to be the gym coach of our college. Get some jimmies kicked. Yeah. If we wants to go on a fire, though, I might do something else. I might go decay. Whatever you guys want to do, it'll work. Mm-hmm. You know, but not having a healer of any kind is kind of like... Exactly. I mean, we're really trying to ice skate uphill. So if you wanted to do double fire, I'm okay doing double reverence just so I can make sure that I feel like okay. we have heals. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be a priest that is also a sniper. But why not? Because yeah. <laughs> that sounds I mean, awesome. Nick- that does sound cool. Did you want to be a sniper? I've never played an archer except for the, that drunken game that I did that one time. And I've always wanted to. But. Archer needs a lot of love. That's one of the th- things we want to do with this playtest is that something that's like, I don't know if this will work yet. We got to find a reason why it should. Archer's core, I don't have anything cool for them yet, but we have two weeks until we play the first session of this to come up with something. So there's another design session in between now and then. Okay. I mean, if there's something I wanted to try... It would probably be archery. Okay. So let's not worry about which one you pick for your core. Okay. Like it might work out for what you want to do that picking your core as archery is better. And then going, if you picked a Tolden, you could go core archery, one step archery, two steps reverence. Okay. But you lose out on racial abilities. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I think command and zealotry would be interesting. That's what Kipch was mm-hmm. Keith's character last time. But I think you were um, primarily, you started off with zealotry. Right. You didn't get the uh, granting attacks to people. We were having a conversation about bards and how it doesn't make any sense to include a wandering minstrel in your party. I mean, like people love the character because it's so fun and silly, and it probably helps break up a really rigid group of yeah role players. Otherwise, <laughs> and also introduces a lot of really fun complications for a DM who's trying to throw something unbeatable at you. Sometimes a bard can completely flip the script on you. Right. So in our system, a bard is a profession. <laughs> you know, like that. That'll be something like I'm uh, a bard. I, yeah. You know, okay. I'm going to perform. Like you get skill rolls, that kind of thing. There's no class that is the skill monkey like uh, rogues and wizards were in you know Dungeons and Dragons. You just have a profession, and that's what you that's what you know. And we're going to create ways to well, even tonally bards feel weird. Yeah. With this system right now. Well, if we're doing an archaeology thing, having a bard as your profession. Well, maybe if you're like chronicler or whatever. You know? I was thinking like. Grad student who just no, brings no, the guitar. Yeah. The world itself seems seems a little generally darker. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't picture it that way. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. Yeah. We don't have like pretty elves. It's or, almost like, savage dwarves. In my we head, have yeah. gross looking fucking monsters. <laughs> I was thinking the bards would be more weaponized. You know, like the Scottish used to use bagpipes and drums to scare the crap out of anybody they were fighting. Yeah. I think it would be more that like, hey, we're terrifying. Loud noises. You're like, I roll to intimidate. Okay. Well, how? You know. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm, I'm going to, uh, well, I hit a guy in combat and I killed him and I'm a Eshwin, so I stole his last life force to replenish myself. So I look at the guy and I say, you're next. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. Fucking plus five, man. Then somebody's like, I want to intimidate them to think we're bigger than we are. So I'm going to pull out this drum and make a very convincing argument. Yeah, sure. Do it. What do you think your role in the expedition would be? Why, why would you be there? Mine is completely self-absorbed and even maybe even a little malicious to the rest of the group. Just At, at least to start with. Right. Pure archaeology. Is that your profession? I'm trying to think of how... I mean, there's got to be an actual archaeologist in the group, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe you guys were hired. Do- Why would they hire a non-archaeologist? For protection, because it's dangerous territory. How yeah. does religion work in this universe? Is like each race kind of have like a different religion? Or We have not settled on religion. I don't think I want the gods to directly interact or even indirectly like in Pathfinder. I think... Which is fine. Yeah, I, I think there are religions, and okay. um, they're primarily regional, and there's multiple per region that each have their own like creation myths and that kind of thing. So similar to how it is now. If you're going to play somebody who believes they get their power from the gods, what we mean by reverence, it could be something else. But 
if you want to play somebody who is like a devout worshiper and believes that comes all from that, that's cool. We'll figure out. And so like ritual magic in our system is a skill. You have to make rituals ad hoc. If you say, okay, well, I want to get a message back to camp and I'm going to use magic. We're out in the middle of nowhere. You're like, how do you want to do it? Well, I want to make a bird spirit, you know, hear my message and go back to camp and deliver that message. You're like, okay, well, that has a difficulty of 100. So if you get some sort of local bird and kill it and then sacrifice its body, that's going to take 40 off of how much that costs. And then we can figure out different ways to lower and lower that score until you could actually roll and hit it. Got it. Okay. And then everybody in the party has to spend one momentum. If it succeeds, the ritual works. But there's no scrolls. There's no accepted rituals. And if it fails, it makes a bird monster we have to fight. Or like a pillar of light goes up in the sky and now the bad guys know where you are. And also birds in general just kind of hate you. Yeah. <laughs> For, <laughs> forever. Yeah. I like it for a couple of reasons. I know it's difficult. You know, I know people listening will be like, oh, do we have to do that every time? But at the same time, every time you do it, knowing the people I play with, every time we do that, it'd be a really cool opportunity for role playing. I think that it also kind of balances the overpoweredness of the omniscient the super wizard who can that. just like, oh, well, why wouldn't I know how to open a portal that just goes straight home? Right. It, it kind of puts a cap on a lot of that. Or, I mean, and maybe not even putting a cap on it, but makes them work for it in creative ways. But if nobody was good at magic, there are people that you could go see. They would demand a price from you. So, Keith, you're, are you thinking of being there on behalf of the guy who finally gave them the grant? Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking I think toward. that's a pretty yeah, quarter, good yeah. segue. Quartermaster works perfectly fine. Like, an archaeologist isn't in charge of feeding the people on the expedition. You're like a producer on a TV yeah. show. You get a logistics specialist well, to do that. I, I more expected it to be a, well, I put my money into this. I'm going to have one of my guys on the ground overseeing it. And then he's got his secondary motivations past that. Okay, so we kind of have a really good idea of where Keith will be. Which one of you approached his employer? Was it the group of you? Are you guys all employed together? Are you like the three musketeers of archaeology? My character would be employed with Keith's character by the university or whatever, the overarching organization that sent us here. Well, let's let's talk about what you guys are digging up. Yeah, that's a good starting point. What if it is, we talked about like Tiktani and Hrod. What if it's not either of those? What if it's something you guys didn't know about? And what if it's a Tolden relic of a civilization that hasn't been named? So like humans. Right. Almost like a, what's the Xenogears? Uh, Zeboim? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really. Like, not a, not a fucking city. But um, but some kind of human civilization that people didn't know about. Dope. Yeah, I can see it because we have this super far future thing. So, yeah, something that is maybe tangentially related to before the whole exodus. Right. It could be cool if it was like, if people view the Tolden, they're just volatile. They'll never really... You look at all the other races and they've progressed. Like, they've made strides. Even the Guff are moving up and the Tolden seem... They can never really get organized in a way that keeps them moving forward before they go to war with each other and destroy their civilizations. I feel like I'm making a commentary on real life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> it might be that, not to, again, do the left behind thing, but like the humans that were left here are now, it's it's like evolution past them. Mm-hmm. And now they can't get back into the rhythm of it. So they just keep burning themselves out. Maybe. Before they get a chance to get a new foothold. Like the Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) How how are they like the Dutch? (laughs) Evolution has gone past them. Um, Okay. At least one of you has to be an expert on I was thinking my character... I almost said I was going to be a Tolden. My character would be a fake expert. He works for the university. He brings everyone to this site. He goes to a lot of talks. Yeah. Like, he convinces everybody he knows exactly what's at the site. I think my character would be full of bullshit. So maybe maybe you're the guy who works for the organization that they approach. You're the expert that they I'm the expert that they hire. Hired on. Just like they did a really shitty job of hiring a con man to oversee everything, they also accidentally hired this uh, dumbass who just pretends like he knows what he's talking about to lead the actual archaeological aspect of it. And one con man recognizes another. Game recognized game, if you will. <laughs> okay, then Poole and Liam, your characters, you got you you two have to be a duo then, right? Not necessarily, just hired. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because somebody has to have brought this to investors to be like, there's a find, like, or that person could be an NPC that hired you guys. I'd like to not even interact more, with them, yeah. I figured if we did that, then it would give, give each of us the chance to have more unique stories and motivations sure besides two of us kind of spearheading it because i was thinking if we're going with like a tolden thing and i wanted to be a tolden maybe and this is why i was asking about like religion and stuff like that that maybe i was sent by whatever religious organization i represent to try and be a barrier between artifacts that are found from previous tolden civilizations that may be counterproductive to the church's interests Interesting. Okay. So, and I think that's because I'm about to finish Golden Compass. Like, okay. uh, that's what I've been listening to right now. <laughs> the so, authority. Like, right, exactly. So, like, I'm really thinking about, like, how, like, the church is this imposing, like, we need to protect what we have defined as certain things. The, the opposite of a Jesuit. So, that's what I was thinking. My interest would be in the artifacts and their potential. Heretical. I could try and blockade that or find someone to sell them off. Yeah. One of the things that would make it easier for me if one of you guys was very interested in being a part of this dig is that if you if that something happens there's a reason for that person to keep you together instead of an npc leading you guys around by the nose what if my character put everything together you're the confidence man who hires incompetent people and i haven't designed anything for this yet or as a dm but like say well yeah because we're making it up right now. right right <laughs> so, something were to happen and then it veers off and there's something in the mountains later like why the hell would any of you stay together right the same you know? thing with the jail money like, right like, guilt contracts because you don't fuck with those things okay <laughs> well well money it, if remember in, in the last play test you guys were a mercenary group so you just keep returning back and they give you a new thing to go do that's easy mode for for gm so I, I'm, that's fine it's just less interesting yeah i like the idea of my like like the weird-haired guy from Ancient Aliens, you know, he's right. putting this That's together, right. but he doesn't Actually. really know what he's doing. Giorgio Sukulos? Yeah. Mm. Maybe alum of the same frat, but from different universities. Oh, yeah. 
So that's why that's why you brought him on. Kappa so, so, Zapa Kappa, what up? Do you have a race yet, Max? I was going to go Guff because he's going to be real like inferiority complex. Like he knows everything. No one can tell him because. So he's like a Marine who did one tour in Afghanistan and now works at a Foot Locker and talks about the knife that's in his pocket, how it went through three uh, insurgents yeah. and then wants to wrestle my manager and loses. Except this, a college version of that. Okay. This seems very specific. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, is that the campaign that I we're going? Yeah. I like that idea. Um, let's talk about the organization then. Pool's character. Here's my here's my issue with your character, just from a, a relevant standpoint. That's is fine. Who the hell would bring you along? <laughs> like, well, that's like, why I was thinking. Yeah. What if there was some type of like it's tied into the organization that has to have a representative ah, of the church because of the money. The yeah, the money would. I mean, that would be a good. But except for the fact that would the Tolden have a lot of money because they haven't really a church has their money. church would right. Okay, so yeah, no. Um, well, well, Tolden have an entire empire right now. It is the most diverse of all empires, but it is t- told and run, and there's currently a civil war happening right now between two brothers. One was the rightful heir, the oldest and best in battle, and the other was the youngest, who was a bit smarter, and the king died and left it to the younger brother because he thought he was smarter and wiser, but everybody loves the older brother mm. and because of his victories in battle, and he's very valorous and that kind of thing. What if somehow during that civil war there was also a mutual split in the church, and as a result, one of the churches invested because they want to make sure whatever's found fits their ideology during the civil war? Yeah. Okay. So, like, you've yeah, got, like, 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 a split in the church as well. I want to let you come up with that church's tenants, because I think that'll that's be, yeah, that'll yeah, be yeah. something that you could have a lot of fun with. But I'd almost rather do it on the fly, like, because I could just be like, oh, hold on, guys, this is, and I can just make it up on yeah, yeah, whether yeah. that that's... Thou shalt not fuck a bird. <laughs> Which is definitely not what the other side of the schism says. <laughs> They're very pro-bird fucking. Yeah. <laughs> it just cracks all over <laughs> If you do think of something that everybody would know about the church, right. make sure you let everybody know. And, um, and if there's you, something that they wouldn't know, but I need to. That you need to know. Got it. You know how to handle it. Right. Got it. Okay. I want my guy to be like Alex Jones now and trying to prove that. I love this. The original, <laughs> I love this idea. The original people were guff. They weren't told in. The originators were guff. And then everyone's just been given bullshit. Oh, so maybe, like maybe that's the myth that you're trying to reinforce is that there's a myth that says that the Tolden – are the original sapient race, and nobody believes it. Oh, mm. okay. So my guy's like, nah, it was a guff. Yeah. Yeah, right. and this, we're going to set this shit straight. That's, what's, that's yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah. I'm writing a scroll about it. And like, no, you know what? You, yeah, it's fine that you're coming. Fine. Yeah, I know you guys gave money. You need to be here and see this shit for yourself. Right, okay. That, uh, and then now there's a really good friction here. So that's, that. yeah, that's awesome. Geraldo opening the Al Capone's vault. And then if I find, like, for some reason, a guff <laughs> artifact, I'm like... Yo, I got this. Uh, I know a guy. I know a guy. Very, be very interested in this, and be very interested in nobody hearing about this. <laughs> so Max is a uh, a program manager or a foreman of the expedition. Keith is his liaison to the investor, who has a mutual but strained relationship with the church. Where is this? Uh, what do you mean? Where is the dig happening? We do not have a map. All right, I'm just saying. But I mean, like, is it in I mean, Hrog territory? It, yeah. Is it in? Oh, good who are question. the natives? Because that's important. I think the natives are Hrod, but they're not the ones who are civilized. I'm going to be Hrod then. For the listeners, that's the crocodilian megalithic cultures of people. It's Egyptian themed right now, so maybe on the edges of that. Maybe it's not any of their megalopolises. 
Which is why it's significant. It's in Harad territory, but not safe Harad territory. Like right. You can't enter there as a diplomat. While This like... is where you see a statue of Ozymandias. <laughs> okay. Okay, I like that. And so, Liam, uh, you're going to be Harad? Definitely. Okay, so are you kind of like, eh, we got to bring one along? <laughs> like, no, no I, I figured like local contractor demolitions expert. <laughs> Demo? Yeah, Sweet. yeah, they didn't, fire. Double they, fire, didn't, yeah. they didn't think they'd need anything like that. And they're like, oh, now we need to blow a bunch of stuff up. I know how to blow stuff up. Is that your profession? You're a demolitions expert? Excavator, maybe. Um, Excavator, I like that. Yeah. 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 Okay, excavator. So let's talk about professions then. Is con man a profession? I was initially leaning towards an actual traveling salesman, but uh, I guess we can work on how that actually integrates to being the... It, I'm just now realizing how similar your character is, just in concept to the character I'm playing in Starfinder. Oh really? <laughs> I'm playing in Isoka, which is a which is a rat envoy. Okay. But, but my profession is a fence. Nice. Nice. <laughs> fence. Okay. I was looking for that word earlier actually. All right. so. You can pick an archetype. My archetype is outlaw. So, yeah, I'm pretty much just copying you. No. Like every <laughs> which way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think yours is different in that you're actively undermining what's currently happening, right. whereas my so, character like, is looking to go legit. <laughs> I am fencing, but I am supposed to be working on uh, the benefit of the financier of this project, but just deviating for my own needs. But So your profession mechanically, in terms of what your bonuses would be, would be related to whatever your criminal stuff is like that's how you operate and those your skill set but what what would they think you are so i guess what is the a liaison the i suppose yeah that's representative yeah a project manager what would you call like somebody whose job it is to to be like the accountant but for goods what's that called quartermaster yeah yeah i guess yeah quartermaster right but that's not your i mean mechanically that won't be your profession right right okay what would be a good name for your profession, like, mechanically? Grifter. <laughs> that's that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So, you cool with Grifter? Yeah. All right, so you're a Gelt Scoundrel Grifter. Yeah. <laughs> I but love it. With, I do. I really do. You triple with a gun, man. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Yeah, no, like I said, coming out of the gate, I, I think it might be a little on the nose. Like, I'm even going for the weasel aesthetic. But the Gelt uh, explicitly are known for their knowledge of law as well. There's good reasons for that. <laughs> yeah. If you could be named Fast Eddie, I'd be real happy with you. Because that's a long-standing <laughs> recurring RPG thing for me. What about you, Poole? Uh, I'm trying to think of, well, I mean, if I'm a representative of the church. I mean, priest is a... It's a... But you don't have to be like a, you know, I guess like a frocked representative. Like, you don't have to be a monk. You could just be... A, fr- a friar? Or anything. Like. See, and, and I kind of like the idea of maybe a friar, because I, li- I don't want to go too far towards priesthood, because if they're putting me in the situation so that I can influence the findings that we have versus just report the findings that we have, then you would think that I would be somebody yeah, a little if you're a less... real believer, then I seeing would... that contradictory stuff rather than trying to... Missionary is a good word. Mm. There's also... I prefer reverse cowgirl. But you could be like a member of like Opus Day or something. Well, I was trying to think of oh, something I could combine in with, because I wanted to take, if I'm being a Tolden, then I can take my my first steps into two different... No, no, you get you get an extra first step. What is that? I'm sorry. So everybody else can pick two steps down one path. Right. Or one step down two paths. You can do that and get an extra first step down any path you want. So I could do two steps down one path and a one step down another path? Yes. Okay, so I could do two steps reverend, one step archer. Yeah. 
Right, which is what I was thinking if if I did that. But now, now I'm trying to think of like why I would have archery as a skill set. The inquisitor, inquisitor is kind of closer to where I was thinking. Mm, yeah, of like the muscle of the church, almost kind of. So, okay, yeah, that uh, inquisitor is good. I like that. Okay, okay, yeah. This is so yeah. all right. I like where this is going. Yeah, no, me too. I'm getting really excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so we've got a because a, we have really bizarre caricatures here and it's great i mean yeah this I, is a terrible I, party i have also <laughs> well the thing is i also have seen journey to atlantis that's true you all right blow so something up? we got a, we got a weasel man grifter who stabs people with knives so just a whole bunch of redundancy uh, no I've, <laughs> you mean uh, not redundancy with uh, m- multiplication like <laughs> yeah. it's exponent accentuation it, yeah uh and we have a human inquisitor who can heal people and kill them with bows yes should the god deem it proper which is really just me deeming proper mm-hmm. right right in the name of liam you're a fraud double fire double fire okay since we changed the rules for armor to be damage reduction yes if you are not wearing armor as a fraud uh-huh. you get one armor yes without impacting your spell damage yes talents you get three talents across your five attributes you write down the name of a skill that you would perform, and if you're talented in that skill, you roll twice and use the higher result. Right. So your race gives you two, and you get to pick your third. If you're told in, you get to pick all three. Are you a local guide? I'm a local hire, definitely. Okay, so you're from this area. Yes. So, But how close is, like, are you a member of the community that you're walking into, or are you just... Are we in a community? I thought we'd be at a dig site. Well, but there's, like, nomadic peoples, I'd imagine, that live around here. Are you one of them, or are you like, I'm from the nearest major city? Magic seems to be a little more scholarly. Magic with a K at the end? Yes. But I feel like... Fire's bo- a little more wild magic. Bodily magic. So decay, ice, and fire, uh-huh. I, I think, is an emergent talent that some people just have. All right, then I'm a nomad, man. I'm okay. nomading it up. That's All right. pretty cool. Like so we that. need to figure out why... No need to be mad at this guy. I'll do some world building about that area on my own. I was about you to say, too, surprisingly, Max. Max isn't mad, but then he got mad. Yeah, <laughs> he's Mad Max. Max, yes, you are a Guff Citadel. Guff Citadel. What secondary or command? You... I was wondering, Citadel or command? You can do both. But I was going to take. Oh, which is the core? So yeah, this is what I'm imagining. I'm, this mm-hmm. is not final. Command. If you go command core, you can grant attacks at will. If you go Citadel core, you can do as many opportunity attacks. As you can land, and you have that uh, attack that lets you take up an additional space. But when you put it that way, it sounds like Citadel completely beats command, but you know from experience yeah, that, that granting that makes an attack, your attack yeah. the best attack of your party. Exactly. Again. I feel like my arrogance would lead me to command, like, bossing people around. I, I like that for character. Yeah. You could do either, because if you go command... Doing scoundrel... Whatever got you the champion. scoundrel and champion, yeah. So, uh, I'm not 100% on the mechanics of it. Uh, which one gives me the uh, double fun, double dagger stab? Champion. Okay, so that would be my uh, my core, and then I would... In the way the rules are currently written, and, and I kind of want to try this because I want to see if it's broken. Okay. The way the rules are currently written, you'd, you'd go scoundrel core. Scoundrel so core. That you get so you get sneak, sneak attack. attack. Oh, so I get that. And then and the then champion first, uh, first step. First step champion gets For okay. your double attack. All right. Command isn't anywhere in there. You're mm-hmm. getting either a per scene or a daily where you're granting an attack. Yeah. So you still have the flavor of command, 
if you go Citadel, but you don't have to pick if you're just like... I was going to go Reverence, but I don't think my character would heal anyone. Even with Command? You don't think... Well, I think, I think with Command, Yeah, Command doesn't have any heals, but it, it does seem But I was like, saying Reverence. If I went Reverence, I don't think my character would go Reverence. I think he's, you know, a little conceited. Okay. So maybe I could do Command and Citadel. Yeah. And you don't have to decide, yeah. by the way, like which one you pick as a core yet, because we're, we're going to hash it out. I'm we're going to sure. do another design session next week. And Imagine the this. benefit of me being a Tolden is I get to be two steps into reverence and then still get to pick up the first step of archery at the same time. So it's not like I'm splitting my yeah, gear, like I'm going. And, and by the way, either of those could be your core. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. I think I'm going to stick with the reverence for the core. Well, like I said, next well, week. Unless we figure out that there's yeah. like a cool benefit of having because we don't we don't have something good for archery's core yet and right. it, it desperately needs one so we're gonna have so to if figure it came that up out. with something good yeah. and if it was something that like so let's just say or like, reverence frankly like but what reverence if, needs to be what if well. there's a concept that is like a hunter's mark but could also be applied to friendly targets and then that would help me as a healer maybe so it, like i could either increase damage on a target but then also put it on like the tank which would allow if I heal him, he gets a little bit extra or whatever. Like I would, I would like it to make sense. Instead of it being about hunting, I would like it to be sense of like, what is an archer? You're an archer. What are you doing all day? Like, is it because archin? Yeah, but I mean, I arch. Are, are you? Do you just have a better chance to hit with any ranged attack? Does it take a move action to reload for everyone else except for you because you're just slanging arrows all the time? I would like a if you could pin someone to a spot. I think that's actually one of our at wills. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But I think pinning shot a while. is a scene. Yeah. Let's let's worry yeah. about it in the design yeah, session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if you're not sure what your core will be or if you think you do just you don't have to finalize it yet. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. One of the things I did do in the intervening time is I mocked up our first character sheet. Yay. Yes. What's the range on like decay and that kind of thing? Is it usually like I think it's like six squares. Six squares. What or if you could attach that to an arrow and shoot it farther and create like a zone? What? Like, create, like, a zone of decay that you could reach with an arrow. (laughs) Or even just, like, if you pick archery as a core, your range increases because of your ability to look at things from a distance and kind of plan better and stuff like that. Because, like, archery's ranges are all 10 here, so. I was thinking about something like um, they're at will in their core might be suppressive fire, where you can fire to hit an area, and it does less damage than you would normally do, but anybody it hits can't move or has to flee. That works, but I don't think you need to nerf the damage. Their damage is still well, it, it would be an area great. <clears throat> no, it it should mm-hmm. be very good because um, if if you use a uh, a longbow or whatever with archery, I was thinking you die twelve plus your intelligence for damage. Yeah, maybe that'll half it. But like that's an, I didn't. Think I would say even just do a die four plus your intelligence to everybody in a in, and then in a hex their, that's seven. Hex, that's speed. a lot. Of, that's a seven yeah. squares. Yeah, have their moving speed then. Yeah, maybe half their moving speed yeah. instead of the damage. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that that would be cool, something like that. But then there needs to be there needs to be a feature that that is an mm-hmm. exception, like that right. is something specific that they just they get like the uh, opportunity attack thing with Citadel. With uh, by the way, Champion needs one as well. So you pick your core. You only get one core, but then like I would imagine well, there's that there's like a enrage. Like you can enrage a, uh, an enemy to attack their teammates or something or anyone in a specific area. That's not a core thing. I think that's further down. In one of the paths, probably command, I'd imagine, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
I want to introduce some penalties for range attacks, like big ones, so that positioning is important. If any corner of the enemy square that you're trying to hit is obscured by a party member, you take a negative four to the attack. So you got to move. You know, if we were dealing with a square, you got four corners, but now you don't. You can be a little less precise in where you're standing because right. we have six squares. But then also, I mean, I feel having played range in a lot of campaigns, there wasn't a lot of reason for me to move right around a lot so like whereas in reality that that would be your big unless thing. you're in a 45 position you got to move exactly well and then line of sight with your party members yeah is a real thing so so maybe an archery court doesn't take line of sight penalties or maybe there's something where you can skip your shot bank shot yeah, yeah. bank shot or something like that like the the curved shot from wanted <laughs> the first guy in the, at the beginning of the movie where he bites the thing off the arrow and it i was about to actually yeah, yeah, make yeah. that exact maybe comment. maybe that but is that good enough that's that it may not be that's the that's the only problem like that's an interesting power to put in there yeah well it depends on how strong the penalty is so if you're a fire mage or an ice mage is probably a better example who did lots of straight line of sight attacks and you've got somebody breaking your line of sight here if you had picked up the core archery now you, have you can a better you can throw a curveball exactly yeah so yeah no that's that's a good point we'll toss it around okay it's still just it, that feels more like a feat than the thing to build a class around well it'd just be knowledge of like but is, is sneak attack that much better? It's not better or worse. It's sneak attack is an idea where like a curved shot is something you expect an archer to do, but it's not what you would define an archer by. You know what? You know what? They don't do curved shots, but you know what they do? Plunging. Like they fire high and drop it on people. Yeah. That's I mean, what I was that's thinking. Cool. Like, just Ooh. knowledge of how to do that would be, Maybe. that's why you, you see, would be an I, archer. I thought more like a dead shot concept. Like, I don't know if you ever played any of the Batman Arkham Asylum games, but it got to the point where, like, you're, when you're fighting Deadshot, no matter where you are, he could bank bullets around with ricochets. And like stuff Revolver like Ocelot? Yeah, so you had to, like, really watch your line of sight to make sure that you, from three separate angles... Well, I almost feel like you. it's, like, step three in archery. It's like you get a feature that's, like, as long as you can only... Your arrow can only travel the same distance it could travel, but you can bounce it off of anything hard your party member's shield so you could say all right my distance is 10 1 2 3 4 5 yeah i i, I mean that's just an idea pretty fun <laughs> i like that's that. like you really could and, and then a, maybe a negative for each yeah. ricochet do, should you be able to do multiple ricochets why would you need to do more than one that would be fun to do yeah. three sh- yeah three shot and have it but line you up take a negative you just after everything after the first one you take I a negative two like that. I think get behind the cool. shield what if okay maybe this is too much <laughs> All right, uh, cool. So don't don't decide what you want yet. No, I haven't decided because we I'm haven't right. figured out yeah. reverence. Because yet. I was going to say I don't know yeah. if that would benefit the reverence with that. So I made a character sheet uh, for you guys. I'm pretty happy with it, especially just as a playtest character sheet. I'm, I think I'm it's very good. happy with it. If you guys donate to our Patreon, you're going to get every updated version of the character sheet. I believe it's a two dollar tier. You get. I want this to be a P real bad though. <laughs> S dice. It's spelled spice. Yeah, that's cool. But I do, man. S dice being scratch dice. I think yeah. that's too cool. We can't let that go. But if you donate two bucks to our Patreon, you're in the character sheet tier. Every time I revise the character sheet or we, we get something new and cool on it, we'll be adding it to the list and you'll see it. You could download it. And also, I think maybe we'll uh, we'll do little photo scans of, of your guys' character sheets as well and, um, and, and set it up there. So if you look at the second page of the character sheet, there's uh, – so if you look at the left side of it, um, there's attack actions. And you see at will, scene, daily. And I put little ways to check off if you use them. That's good. Mm-hmm. But if you look in the middle there, there are utility actions. And you see FSM between the ability name and whether or not it's spent. Free standard minor? Free swift 
move move okay instead of having combat action we have attack actions because it Uh takes your attack space you just name the ability you circle whether or not it's free swift or move action and then we're talking about the uh equipment system and whether it should be slot based right how many slots you can carry is determined by your endurance we don't have any good rules for this yet don't worry about that section but we're putting it there because it's kind of the direction we're going yeah i like that because otherwise just conceptually the number of things that people carry in a party without taking into consideration a pack mule or dropping things off in safe storage or, an or airship. something like that. Yeah. Or yeah, we all bitch about encumbrance in video games, but it's there for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. And also the if you look at storage, like I was thinking, oh well what if you, you know, put something somewhere so there's a spot for the item name the location you stored it at and how many. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Which, I don't know if we'd ever use that, but it's... No, you know, that's great. Yeah, I, I want a spot it. for it. I love and, that. And well, yeah, great. I mean, if Liam is local, he probably has access to more gear, because yeah, he's got... And a, as somebody who is going to be picking up things and maybe moving them around, mm-hmm. keeping track a of secondary where they're located. inventory is yeah. important, yeah. Right. Also, I put a spot, this is uh, currency... It's how much you have on hand versus how much you have banked. And it's a wide spot because we haven't figured out what money is yet and how it works. But we know that you can't carry all of it with you. I think money Unless you're poor. should be petrified penises. Wait, this is an orc stain <laughs> reference? It. It's yes. Or guff stain? It's yes, <laughs> guff stain. <laughs> Guys, if you haven't read orc stain, it's amazing. I mean, it's not complete and it never will be, but yeah, it's very fun. Just like Manhattan Project. On the main sheet, I think everything on here is pretty straightforward. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of uh, a no, lot of And with my work. minimal tabletop RPG experience, like I get all of this. Yeah. We try to keep it very simple. Yeah. I probably put more categories than we need, but if you compare it to the other ones we were looking at online, it's yeah, this is, <laughs> no, it's I'm, no, very this simple. Is, I think this is easier than even like the D&D character sheets I've used, like yeah. just based on the way you organized it, so... Okay. Well, if you guys feel good about this, feel free to take the character sheet home. We're going to be talking in the group chat more about your characters, and I cannot wait to reveal them with their names, their expanded relationships, the name of the organization that we're dealing with, the name of the church, some of the rules surrounding it, which we should know before going into it, and where you guys are starting and what your voices sound like when you're talking as your character. That's going to (laughs) be the worst. Yeah, I'm going to have a hard time with that. You no, you've have already been t- nailing it. You've already yeah, picked, you you've already picked a voice. <laughs> I can't keep that consistently. <laughs> Only in character. When you're rolling and stuff, it's fine. But okay. like, if you're like, yeah, I want to do this and this and this. And you're like, well, I want to spend momentum to convince him of this. I'm like, all right, well, show me his angle. <laughs> how's, he, how's he doing it? I think you and I, we on the same side. Momentum. <laughs> there you yeah, go. I, <laughs> yeah, let's, all right, we're all doing it. Because now, because here's another thing I'm going to do. I'm going to create a series of tables of voices of famous actors, people throughout history, and... Uh, fictional characters that have distinct voices and when you meet somebody and i don't know who they are or what they're like i'm gonna roll and we're gonna find out what they sound like great and if (laughs) and if you're a patreon subscriber and you're in the ten dollar tier only a few people get to take advantage of this reward Uh, you get to design a npc oh that's awesome oh that's so good all right so depending on how our our roles go I'll throw ten dollars in so that I can <laughs> build my own NPC yeah. I get to interact with. Yes, yeah, absolutely. As you can tell, we've talked about Patreon a few times, but honestly, this podcast and this game will live or die based on how many people actually want to see it happen. So, a quick review of the tiers that we've got set up. Uh, 
as I said, $1 cutting room floor. Any any stuff we made before, you guys can have. If you're a patron, it's not going to confuse you. <laughs> so adding it, we're not going to add it to our RSS feed or anything like that, but we'll we'll throw it on the Patreon. You guys have it. In addition to that, at 2 bucks you get access to every character sheet we make. At 3 bucks you get to vote on anything we can't decide on so there's gonna be a lot of that so at some point we're gonna want merch you know and what design you want on there we're gonna we're gonna need logos for things you get to decide on that we're going to need if we want to introduce an additional tier like maybe you guys you know should be the ones to pick it um also things we haven't even thought about yet like if we want to put out a physical book should it be hardcover or softcover who knows the answer is you guys my vote is hard i mean everybody likes having a hardcover book but there's good reasons to want a softcover it's cheaper scrolls Speaking of books, as we come out with digital editions of everything, not just the S-Dice system and the current world we're building, but every additional future game, at the $5 tier, you get the digital rule books. We send them to you through the Patreon. That's sick. And like I said, already 10 bucks create an NPC. So if this becomes really popular, we'll probably have to raise the price on that. So get your NPC early. <laughs> yeah. Get your NPC in early, and they may keep showing up if they're important enough. You want Ooh. teenage girl Abraham Lincoln? We'll give you teenage girl Abraham Lincoln. I want teenage girl Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> How about you don't make that face the next time you say that? What race? Crash. <laughs> nice. Lincoln's got to be like Savathian, super tall and lanky. Speaking of races, I think every non-human race that are based on one kind of animal, uh, you get to pick what species, like what subspecies it is, the coloration, like what kind of pig are you, you know? I'm just, I'm all kinds of pigs, man. We want to really dig into like, at least have three different cultural ideas for each race so they don't come across as monolithic like they do in rpgs and fiction krex for example could have a nocturnal society where it's owls and that kind of thing you know so that owns <laughs> <laughs> if you want to reach out to us you can whether you're a patron or not uh, as long as you got a patreon account you can comment on our episode posts all of our official episodes will be linked to on patreon and you can comment on them you can also reach out to us on facebook at facebook.com slash rpgfs our patreon is patreon.com slash rpgfs and you can find us on twitter at homebrew hombres find us on instagram at rpg from scratch one word yeah you'll see pictures there of our gaming sessions and any cool stuff we find if we're going to play an additional game or anything like that or you want to you know see pictures of what uh, a bunch of gross nerds look like that's where you check it out or if you want to see us <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable so if you dig storytelling in general you should definitely check out the Orphans. It's a sci-fi audio drama on Nerdy Show that goes in so many cool directions and just really great production value and voice acting. The guys behind it put a ton of work into it, so uh, it's one of my favorite things on the network. So check that out as well. And um, we still don't have a sign-off. You guys think of anything? Anything yet? We, we hit the table. It made a ringing sound last time. So we're the homebrew hombres, and we'll catch you on the flip side. We are RPG from scratch, but don't scratch yourself. Unless you want to. This has been RPG from scratch. You should stop scratching it or it'll never heal. We've been RPG from scratch, but they have medicine for that now. As a reminder, this has not been a podcast about how to assemble a rocket propeller grenade. Goodbye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 